So continuing here in harpazo, which is a Greek word, which means caught up. Abba, Father God, is going to turn one day to his son and say to him, now's the time. Go now and receive your bride unto yourself. And this will take place. And this is one of the comforting words that Yeshua declared while he was here on earth, that he's coming back for us. And we'll get more into detail in the scripture here very, very soon. There's also a word in Hebrew, it is pronounced garar, which means to bring up. It means to seize, to gather unto oneself. And so as we go through God's word today, God says for us to be prepared ourselves, to know that our redemption is drawing near, to not look at our circumstances, what's going on, but have our fixed, our eyes fixed on him, the coming redeemer. And Yeshua said this, you are to be looking for this, to be aware, to be awake and to be sober. And I need to go back and reshare this scripture verse here. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll begin at verse 13. Those of you who are hearing on the podcast and those of you who were not with us last week, this is the portion of scripture that I started out on. And so as you're preaching through a series, you have to bring people back to the beginning. And that way, then you continue as you add more scripture. So let us begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. Who is writing this letter? It is Rav Shaul, the apostle Paul. And who is he writing to? Both Jews and Gentiles living in the city of Thessalonica. Let's go forward now. Now, brothers, we want you to know the truth about those who have died. Otherwise, you might become sad the way other people do. Do you have, do you, do who have nothing to hope for? For since we believe that Yeshua died and he rose again. We also believe that in the same way, God through Yeshua will take those who have died. Notice here, that's a promise. This is a promise that we can hold on to. This is a promise that will not be taken away from us. Continuing here. When we say this, we base it on the Lord's own words. So Rashua is saying, this is not my opinion, but these are the things that Yeshua expressed while he was living on earth. And he shared these words with his original Talmudim, that the Father is going to draw us unto himself. Let's go forward. The Lord's own word, we who remain alive, when the Lord comes, will certainly not take precedence over those who have died. And who are those who have died? He's speaking of those who put their trust. And this is those that died before Messiah walked on this earth. They put their trust in the seed of that woman that would be born, 
that Redeemer. So from that time forward, Adam and Hava Eve, through the patriarchs, all those who are called by God to live out their lives before him in holiness, in purity. These are the ones that put their trust. Just as I related last Shabbat, even Job himself, he says, though I know my body will one day die, I know this, that my eyes shall see, my eyes shall see my Redeemer. Going forward here. So those who are alive will certainly not take precedence over those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry and with a call from the one of the ruling angels and with God's shofar. Some translations, it says a trumpet. Going forward, those who have died united with the Messiah. Notice that word. How are we united with Messiah? We believe that he died and he rose again that we would have life in him. We put our trust in him. We have been purchased by his precious blood, and he has redeemed us for all times. Continuing here, that those who died united with the Messiah will be first to rise. What does that mean? Literally, that they will come out of their graves, and they will be alive. Then, we who are still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord where? On the Mount of Olives? No. We're meeting him in the air. Where? In the clouds. Now, I tell you this. If I tried to go up to the clouds today without a help of a glider or an airplane or a balloon, I would be dealing with what? The law of gravity. And so when Yeshua does this, our bodies are going to be transformed for him to take us in this place. Continuing here. Then we who are left still alive will be caught up with them. Who are the them? Those, those people who have died, who put their trust and they're united in Messiah. They will be with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will what? We will always be with the Lord. What does always mean? That means forevermore. We, those who have died and put their trust in Messiah, in that moment will be raised from the dead. And we who are alive will go up and meet them. We will be all joined together. And the scripture says this, that we shall be with him forever and ever and ever more. Because I tell you this, the bride of Messiah will always be with her bridegroom. And I know it's hard for us to wrap our heads around this word, but this is God's word. This came from the lips of Yeshua. And who is telling us this in this letter to the Thessalonians, one of God's apostles, Rav Shaul. So this is not Rabbi Frank's opinion. This is what Yeshua declared and what Rav Shaul declared. Going on here, 
Thus, we will always be with the Lord. Verse 18. So do what? So encourage each other with these words. So no matter what you're facing in life, know this. That if Rabbi Frank dies tomorrow, he has the hope of the harpazo being caught away. And that's been translated from the Greek harpazo into the English, caught away, which also has been translated in the word rapture, which is a Latin word. And that's why some people say, well, the rapture is not in the English version of the Bible. That's true. But the word caught up in is. And if any of you were blessed to own this particular Bible, I will hold it up to you. This is called the Interlinear Bible. In this Bible, the Tanakh, it is in the original Hebrew language. And each Hebrew word has a number which corresponds with what the Hebrew language is then translated into English. The Brit Hadashah, which was written in both Aramaic and Greek, it has those words, each and every word translated from the original Greek or Aramaic into the English. And so the word garar, anytime where it talks about someone being taken or, or removed, in the original Hebrew, the word is garar. But in the Greek, someone who was seized or someone who was taken or someone who was removed, that Greek word is harpazo. And so now going forward, Yeshua warned us in the scriptures time and time again. And it's in all four good news, the gospels, where he says, be ready, be sober. So now I would like for you to turn with me to Mark chapter 13, verse 37. And this is where we will begin part two of the message Harpazo. So I am dealing with this being caught up, this rapture where the Lord meets his bride in the clouds. And then later, the second part of this message will go into detail about his second coming when he lands upon the Mount of Olives. And what takes place at that time. So turn with me first to Mark chapter 13, verse 37. And Yeshua is talking about the end times here. He's speaking his Talmudim. He's saying, you be ready. You be watchful. So continuing here. Mark 13, 37. Stay alert. Be on your guard. For you do not know when the time will come. What time is he speaking of? His return. Now we turn to Luke chapter 12, verse 37. As I said earlier, those of you who have not heard the first message, 
please do listen to it on the podcast. It will be there in the future here for you to listen. Otherwise, you're starting just like when you're reading a book. It's like you're starting on chapter four or five. You miss the introduction. So I gave you a brief introduction today. So kind of to catch you up to where we are right now. So now we're in Luke chapter 12, verse 37. This is what it says here. Happy are the slaves. In some translations, it says servants. Whom the master finds what? Alert. When he comes, yes, I tell you, he will put on his work clothes and seat them at the table and come to serve them himself. Now, who's speaking here? Yeshua is speaking to his Talmudim. He's telling them, you need to be alert. I'm coming back. And so he's giving them an allegory, a story about how a servant or a slave serves their master. Going on. They, the Talmudim, that the present age would soon end with Yeshua's coming. This is found in Matthew chapter 24, 3. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives and the Talmudim, the disciples came up to him privately and they said this, tell us, they said, when will these things happen? When will the last days be? And what is the sign that you're coming? That the Olam Hazeh, which is a Hebrew word, it basically means the end of this world's age, its government. So now the assurance of his return was one of the truth which he comforted his Talmudim before his death. So now let us turn to Yohanan chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. So I mentioned Matthew 24, 3, but we went into greater detail in the first message on this series. So John, Yohanan chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. Yeshua says this to his Talmudim, don't let yourselves be disturbed or troubled. Trust in God and also trust in me. God's representative to them. Don't let yourselves be disturbed, but trust in God and trust in me. In my father's houses are many places to live. Some translations say mansions. If it weren't there, I would have told you because I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Now, those of us from a Western a culture, we don't understand the culture of the Jewish people that lived in the land. You see, what would take place was this. He's speaking about a wedding as Yeshua being the bridegroom and the Talmudim representing the bride. You see, what happened first, that there would be a betrothal. Two families would meet together. The fathers would preside over the, the situation and they would go get into an agreement. There would be a gift that was offered by the male child, young man, of this one Jewish family to be given to this young girl, this young woman, who would then either accept or reject 
this opportunity to enter into the covenant of marriage. Then the families would sign a binding contract that one day in the future, when the father of the groom would send his son along with his companions, and they would go and gather the bride to come along with that bride's family. And they would travel. And they would then go to the father's house. But the preparation which, which would be enacted after signing of that covenant, that contract, would that, 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 that groom would go back to his father's house and he would begin to add an addition or to simply build a home for himself and his new bride. And so this took time. This took years. And so with that type of illustration, with this Talmudian, these disciples, they know exactly what he's talking about. Because the familiarity, they participated in weddings. And they know this was part of their tradition. You see, those of us who live in Western uh, society, we don't understand fully how God had orchestrated marriages between Jewish people within the land of Israel. And so we have to understand the heritage and culture which the scripture was written in. And so going forward, as that son would then add on to the addition of his father's home, or to simply build another house on his father's property, that as the father would come over and he would inspect the work that his son had been doing. And then when the project was completely finished, then the father would turn to the son and say these words, now go and receive your bride unto yourself. And so then the bridegroom and the uh, companions of the groom would then go and go and to entreat and bring the bride. And so this is what, what Yeshua is, is laying out for them. And this is word pictures in their minds. They have the full understanding. And they know this, that that contract between that groom, that bride, that was a binding contract. And so Yeshua is saying to them, I go now and I'm going to my father's house, his residence. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. So let us continue here in, in the scripture. Verse 30. Since I'm going to prepare a place for you, I will return to take you with me. So that where I am, you may be also. At the time of Messiah Yeshua's ascension, two angels came to the group, watching the Talmudim to repeat the promise that Yeshua will return. And where do we find that? But in the book of Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And they declared it would be in the same manner as Yeshua went. 
So turn with me now to Acts chapter 1, verse 10. And some of you may be saying, well, Rabbi, I've never seen these verses interwoven with one another. See, last Shabbat, I shared this with everyone as you're turning there. That Yeshua spoke of that in the end times, there would be two men standing in a field. One would be taken and the other left. And in the next verse, he said this, there will be two women working at a mill. And they will be, what? They'll be making flour. One will be taken and the other left. And then he went on to say these words, be alert, be ready. Look for me because I'm coming back. So I believe you found your place in Acts chapter 1, verse 10. As they were staring into the sky after Yeshua. Who's staring in the sky? But his Talmudim. These 11 men. Where's Judas? He's already went out and he's hung himself. So it's only the 11 that are here. Let's continue here. As they were staring into the sky after Yeshua, suddenly they saw two men dressed in white standing next to them. See, they just appeared. The men said, you Galileans. And you know what? You need to read that scripture over and over and over again. They may be saying it in a very, very kind of jestful, joking way. Oh, you Galileans. All right. Why are you standing and staring into what space? Why? This Yeshua who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back to you in just the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And so with this, what, what transpired the very few verses ahead of that is that they were talking with Yeshua, they're out in the field, then all of a sudden he begins to ascend. It wasn't like, it was not like a rocket that shot, that he slowly ascended into the clouds. And they're looking at these clouds. And they're just staring at those clouds. Because the one who has led them for the past three to three and a half years has now been taken away from them. He was their leader. And so the one now to get them refocused, God asked to send what? Two angels. And they dress them. And they say, you Galileans, why are you standing staring to space? This Yeshua who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back to you in just the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Remember 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17? How did Rav Shaul say that they would see him when he comes in through the clouds? Notice this. That's a private conversation. That's a private meeting. They're not non-believers even mentioned in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. It's first the believers who are dead, they're raised from the dead, and then they see him, and then they ascend to him immediately. They don't stand there and argue, well, you know what? I really don't believe in the rapture. It's not found in the English Bible. They don't do that. And those that are alive, they immediately, they go with him. So let's move forward here. This means that Yeshua's second coming will be literal, physical, and visible. 
To whom? Those who are waiting for his appearing. And what did Yeshua say to his Talmud? You are to look forward to this day. Let's go forward here. The Brit Hadishah letters refer often to the second coming of Yeshua. And the theme eminence. That means at any moment. What isn't there supposed to be this prophecy or this prophecy or this prophecy that needs to be done? No, because Rob Scholl, even when he was alive, he believed it could happen while he was alive, but it did not. And just think about that. If if the harpazo, the rapture caught away, that would have happened. You and I would never been able to be able to participate in that. Aren't you glad? It has not happened yet. I am. Let's go forward here. The Brit Hadashah letters refer often to the second coming of Yeshua. And the theme eminence runs through all the passages of scripture dealing with this subject. Though there would be a period of time between the first and the second coming. Now let us look and hear from Yeshua in the book of Luke chapter 19. And verse 11. Luke chapter 19, verse 11. See, these scriptures, they intertwine with one another. Because I tell you this, you know, when Yeshua shared those words about that one man being in the field, one taking the other left, and the women, one at, at the millstone there, and they're grinding the grain to become flour, and then other, others taking and others left, he doesn't then give the details. He just simply sets it here. And allows Rav Shaul to build upon that in the future and give further clarification on it. So I believe now you found your, yourselves now in Luke chapter 19, verse 11. And while they were listening to this, Yeshua is talking about the end times. So I'm giving you the background leading up to this chapter 19, verse 11. Yeshua went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And the people Suppose that the kingdom of God was about to appear at any moment. Think about that, the expectation. You know what the Jewish people today are looking forward to? The first coming of Messiah. They're looking forward to it. Every Passover, what do we do towards the end? We have someone go to the door to look for whom? Eliyahu, Elijah. Because we know this, that he will precede the coming of the Messiah. What does it say about Elisha? He will bring the hearts of the father back to the children. And the children back to the hearts of the father. Let's continue here. The whole body of teaching concerning the return of Yeshua emphasizes it will happen suddenly, without warning. And that believers should be in a state of continual readiness. Are you ready today? Is there something more pressing today in your lives? Whether it be work, education, you fill in the blank. Is there a more pressing matter than you as the bride waiting and listening and hoping day by day, moment by moment to see your bridegroom come? See, then we have everything in the proper focus. It's all about Yeshua. And when a congregation or a Bible study 
or anyone sets aside the focus of Yeshua, they're beginning to walk in error. Who are we to be focused on? But Yeshua himself. Who is our first love? It's Yeshua. It's all about him. It's not about you or I. It's about him. Let's move forward here. Now let us turn to the book of Philippians. Who's our instructor here? Rav Shaul again. Isn't it amazing how much of the Brit Hadashah came through one certain apostle? That was ordained by God because he had a theme that God wanted to speak through him directly to both Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. Rejoice in union with the Lord Yeshua always. How often? Always. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see how reasonable and gentle you are. The Lord Yeshua is what? He's near. See, Rashi was saying to them, he's near. Are you ready? Now, let us turn to Messianic Jews, Hebrews chapter 10, 37. Hebrews chapter 10, 37. And you know what's beautiful? That we were able in the last couple of years to have that as our Bible study. You see, what we need to do is we need to focus on God's word, immerse ourselves in God's word, because as we do, we see these themes, his nearness, his return. Don't your hearts desire to be in his presence, to be taken out of this world? Our father Abraham desired a city whose hands were built by literal God, and that's not here on earth, but that's in heaven, in the presence of the Father. Hebrews, Messianic Jews, chapter 10, verse 37. There is so little time. The one coming will indeed come. He will not delay, but the person who is righteous will live his life by what? Trusting or having their faith in whom? Yeshua. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Now that is from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. But those who receive that letter from an unknown author, because we're not told who authored the book of Hebrews. Where is he quoting from? The Tanakh. And if you were to turn to the Tanakh, where would you find it? But Habakkuk, Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, a literal translation. And so those Jewish believers who received the book of Messianic Jews, Hebrews, what came in alive in their heart was, it? yes, I remember. Because, you know, they didn't have, to have the scrolls access unless they were in the synagogues to read God's literal word. And so they, what they do? They would meditate on it because that was their hope. Picture this, if you will. If we become a one-world government, 
a one world religion. What is one of the very first things that the anti-Messiah is going to be take away from you and I? But the written word of God, are you now hiding it in your hearts? Are you preparing? This could happen to us. And know this, if that time comes, we're not to walk in fear because the spirit of the living God will bring back to our memory all those scripture verses that we have planted in our heart, soul, and mind to bring us life and give us hope. Let's go forward here. Now let's turn to Yaakov, James chapter 5, right next door. James chapter 5, 8, 9. You too be patient and keep up your courage for the Lord Yeshua's return is near. Now I tell you this, if Yeshua is saying that through all four gospels and he's saying it now through various books of the bread Hadashah, what does he want us to be focused on? Him coming back. Are we to be proclaiming the good news and building his kingdom? Yes. But what is our focus to be on? Looking around us, interacting with people, but from time to time looking up. Is this the day and the hour of the Lord's return? And know this, if I died immediately as this, as this message is being proclaimed, I know this, I will not miss out on the harpazo being caught away, the rapture, because it's promised to me to be part of that. Whether I'm alive or dead, I will one day be with you and we will be all united in the clouds together to be forever with the Lord. Let's look at James chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. You too be patient and keep up your courage for the Lord's return is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers, so that you won't come under condemnation. Look, the judge is standing at the door. Who will judge us in all righteousness in the future? But Messiah Yeshua. God will judge us how we have done what? Honored the calling that God has placed on our lives. And we will receive rewards in the future. Now let us look at the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 10. See how the Spirit of the living God, this is the Spirit of the living God that is weaving these scriptures together so we can be focused on the Lord and his soon return. Revelation chapter 22, 10. Then he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy in this book. Now, has that been only said one time? No. It was also said to the prophet Daniel in Daniel 12.4. That's just a reference point for you to, to look into later as you study God's word. Continuing here. Then he said to me in Revelation 22.10. Then he said to me, and who is speaking here? But the Lord. Don't seal up the words of this Prophecy, because the time of the fulfillment is near. It's in the future. Whoever keeps acting wickedly, let him go on acting wickedly. Whoever is filthy, 
Let him go on being filthy. In other words, God is saying to him, you know what? God's going to turn them over to their own demise here. Let's go forward here. Verse 11. Also, whoever is righteous, let him go on doing what is righteous. And whoever is holy, let him go on being holy. What does God desire of us? To be a holy as he is. We can't do this on our own. The spirit of the living God is able to translate us, transform us into godly, holy lives. Continuing here. Verse 12. Pay attention. Who's saying that? It's Yeshua. I'm coming soon. And my rewards are with me to give each person according to what? What he has done. He goes on to say in verse 13, I am the Aleph and the Tav. In some translations in the Greek, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. Notice that everything begins with Yeshua. Everything ends with him. Going on. Believer, believers in the early days of the Messian community lived in a state of expectation of his return. Are you now living, expecting for his soon return? Continuing here. Now let us look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. So that you are not lacking any spiritual gift and are eagerly awaiting the revealing of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Are you eagerly waiting for his revealing, his appearing to you? He will enable you to hold out until the end and thus be blameless on the day of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. God is what? He is trustworthy. And it is he who called you into fellowship with his son. Notice that. It's the father's will for us to come to know the father in and through his son. God the father sent out the invitation. Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. Now let us turn to 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 9 and 10. As the Spirit of the living God continues to weave these scripture, his theme for us today. Since they themselves keep telling us about the welcome we received from you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the true God, the one who is alive. And to wait for his son Yeshua, whom he raised from the dead, to appear from where? From heaven. And do what? To rescue us. Why is Yeshua coming back for his bride? To rescue his bride. Both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah. From what? What is he rescuing us from? The latter part of verse 10 tells us, from the impending Fury of what? God's judgment. On what? The earth and its wicked inhabitants who re reject God and reject his son. Let's continue here. Rav Shaul uses the word we in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51. Let us turn now to 
1 Corinthians chapter 1551. This is where Rav Shaul goes in more detail what's going to transpire in this harpazo, this garar, this seizing, this catching up, this catching away, this rapture. And he says these words. Look, I tell you what? A secret. In some translations, it says a mystery. I'm about to reveal to you by the power and the anointing and the revelation of the Ruach HaKodesh, a secret from God. Not all of us will what? Will die. Now, when he says this, we, he's speaking of himself, present tense. He truly believed that it was possible that while he lived out his life on this earth, that this harpazo, this karar, this being caught away, caught up, would happen literally while he was still alive on earth. Continuing here. Look, I tell you a secret, not all of us will die, but we will all be what? Changed. Are you ready? Are you desiring to change? Do you like your, your mortal, sinful, carnal nature? I hate money. I want to be delivered from it. Continuing here. We will all be changed. And in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, he says this. Then we who are still alive will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord Yeshua in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord Yeshua. This shows that Rav Shaul maintained the hope that he would be alive when Yeshua comes back. Now, as we now compare these Scripture passages together relating to the second coming of Yeshua shows that some speak of a visible event seen by all mankind and involving the judgment of sinners. That's when he comes and he lands on the Mount of Olives going forward. Other scriptures describe the coming of Yeshua as known only to believers and resulting in their deliverance from the earth before what? Before the wrath of God is being poured out upon this earth. Going on. This event of deliverance is referred to among evangelicals as rapture being caught away. You may be saying, well, Rabbi, why are you saying this is the second time through? That's part of teaching. Line upon line, precept upon precept. To focus and focus again. Then refocus, continuing here. This word is not in the English Bible, but it has been used so widely that one of the definitions of the rapture in Webster's third New International Dictionary, unabridged, is, and this is exactly how it's written, Christ's raising up of his true church and its members to the realm above the earth where the whole company will enjoy celestial bliss with its Lord. The word rapture could well be used to translate the expression here being caught up. And so going forward, in the letter of 1 Thessalonians 2 and 3, they were written in which language? It was Greek. The word which is translated from the Greek in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, harpazo, into the English means to seize or to be caught up. If we were to translate the word hapazo into Hebrew, it would be what? 
garar. Translated in English, it would be bring up. And so the question has to be now asked, has God ever used garar in the Tanakh? Is there any situation there where there are individuals who are alive and suddenly the Lord takes them? There are two. The illustration of Eliyahu, who was brought up by a chariot of fire. And the second one being Enoch, who was taken up by God. Yeshua said his coming would result in one individual being taken from one location while the other is left. This indicates a sudden removal of believers from the earth, with unbelievers left to face the tribulation. Now let us turn to Matthew, Matthew, chapter 36, verse 42. Matthew, chapter, and I will end on this scripture today as we continue this message. Matthew, chapter 24 and verse 36. When that day and hour will come, no one knows, not the angels in heaven, not the Son, only the Father. For the Son of Man's coming will be just like it was in the days of whom? Noah. Noah. Back then, before the flood, people went on eating and drinking and taking wives and becoming wives, right up till the day of Noah, Noah entered the ark. And they didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. It was just like that. When the Son of Man comes, then there will be two men in a field. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken and the other left behind. So stay alert because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But you do know this. Had the owner of the house known when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you must always be ready, for the Son of Man will, will come when you're not expecting. Who is a faithful and sensible servant? So he's asking them now. You examine yourselves. Are you a sensible? Are you faithful? Servant whose master puts him in charge of his household staff to give them their food at a proper time. It will go well with that servant if he's found doing his job when what? When his master comes. Yes, I tell you, he will be put in charge of all he owns. But if that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is taking his time, and he starts beating up his fellow servants and spends his time eating and drinking with the drunkards, when his master will come on that day, the servant does not expect at a time that he does not know. He will be cut him into two. Notice that. The Lord destroys that servant's life. And put him with the hypocrites. Where people will bewail and grind their teeth. Whose words are these? Rabbi Frank's? Absolutely not. 
These are Yeshua's words. He's warning us to be ready. To know this at any moment, the Lord is returning for you and I, the bride of Messiah. And so next time we will continue on this message and know this, that we look to the Lord. We look to our Father. Even in the circumstances we find ourselves today in our nation, our hope is not in government. Our hope is in he who sits upon the throne of our lives. And who is that? It's God the Father who raises up kings and princes to rule and serve his will. It's not you or I. And we are to put our trust in the Father. And who is sitting at the right hand of the Father? But your Redeemer, your Bridegroom, your Shepherd, the one who's sacrificed his own life on your behalf personally. He has inscribed your name upon his hands. We belong to him. We are precious to him. And he's coming back for you. Are you ready? I ask you to renew your hearts, renew your minds, and return to your first love, who is Yeshua and Yeshua alone. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shabbat Shalom. 